morning and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Psychic medium Stephanie Burke will be with us shortly. She's uh, she's here. She's just not here in the studio yet. So, but we will uh, be here talking with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And hello to everybody that has uh, been sending us messages and uh, tweeting about it and talking about how nice it is to hear Spooky South Coast again. And, and thank you all for getting back into the groove of downloading the episode if you are listening to it on podcast later on. Of course, we have been enduring some scheduling struggles, but that's okay. It looks like we are in the clear, at least for a little while, to get here uh, on a regular basis. Uh, but also, uh, we also have spooky season right around the corner. I was thinking, Matt, that um, we know so far this summer, uh, we ha- I mean, I know summer's only a couple weeks old so far, Yeah. but so far we haven't had any uh, warnings yet about mosquitoes uh, and about Tripoli e and West Nile mm-hmm. virus. So we might be able to get the Bridgewater Triangle episode done a little bit sooner this year than having to wait until October. I, I'm down with that. I was thinking maybe it's something we could do in September um, because, you know, it's uh, October around here is usually okay to go and spend a night out but there's some october nights where you don't want to be outside for even for a couple of hours i think back to when we had the uh, legend trips event at fort Tabor. oh i think it was on like october 19th or something yeah and it was like 20 degrees out yep and (laughs) so it was like 20 degrees out and we were on the very end of the peninsula here in new bedford and surrounded on all sides by the ocean and uh, yeah, it was a very, very cold night. Bone chilling. And we planned for it being cold. And even then, we still weren't prepared. So I, I always think about that in my head when I say, oh, yeah, we're going to do the Bridgewater Triangle episode in October. It should be fine. Uh, because, you know, normally, most yeah. Octobers, they're pretty okay. Yeah. It's hit or miss. The you temperature know, can, you know, fluctuate, you know, 20, 30 degrees. A 50, and- a 50 degree night. Is, you know, that's that's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't feel so bad. Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't feel bad sending people out on a fifty degree night, Uh, twenty degree night. eh, Mm. I'd feel pretty bad about that. And also, when you're investigating outdoor places, uh, how good of a job are you going to be able to do when it's that cold out? Because first of all, you know, you're going to see your breath in every photo that you take and every (laughs) every bit of video. Second of all, you know, if you run EVP, you're going to hear your teeth chattering. Uh, and, and you're really going to be just focusing more on staying warm than you are on being alert of everything else. And and also, too, if it's 20 degrees out in October, your batteries, probably, your batteries are going to drain quicker. That's true. And, and probably it's going to be windy. Yeah. Because that's probably why it's 20 degrees. So that's going to... So that, I, I just feel like if we can get it done in September, we will. Of course, the other problem that we run into uh, when we do it a little bit earlier in the season is storms. Because... Yeah. You know, here, at least on the East Coast, uh, from, for those of you who aren't from this area, although hurricane season goes until November, we very rarely get storms uh, of hurricane magnitude outside of you September. know September. Yeah. Um, we do get nor'easters, though, and Which, we've had plenty of nor'easters in October. But, you know, we'll, we'll, as always, play it by ear. I just always feel bad uh, with the possibility of having to, you know, set a date and then have to adjust it for the weather. And generally, if it's something like rain and it's a downpour or something like that, you can just 
usually shift it to the next week. Yeah. But if it's something like a storm coming in, like a, if a hurricane comes in, you know, it could be weeks before things are cleaned up enough to really get back out to some of these places. But we'll, we'll preliminarily say, oh, I got through that word without stumbling. Uh, we will say that we will plan it for sometime in September because uh, I just think that'll be a, a better time to do it. And any groups that want to take part. September? Um, probably. It's probably better. There is a, there's a, a Paracon in September that I'll be taking part in, uh, the Mass Paracon. And so that weekend will probably be out because most of the people that would be out there for us anyway would also be at the Paracon. Uh, but maybe maybe the last week of September we'll, we'll plan it for. And anybody that does want to take part, all you have to do is, and I apologize, hold on, I'm, I'm going to just say that I apologize to anybody uh, that's listening on the WBSM stream. I forgot to turn off that one liner, so you just heard a, an Alexa liner. Uh, but anyway... Uh, any groups I want to take part, just email me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and we'll start planning for that. Uh, we'll, we'll get a list together of everybody that wants to take part. Usually what I do, uh, for those who are uh, never have done it before as part of the, the program, I get the list together of everybody that wants to take part. I do ask that you have Facebook just because it's the easiest way. You know, at least one person from your group that would be coming out has Facebook because then I start a Facebook group. And then that's the easiest way for people to communicate with each other to, to claim uh, where it is that they're going to go. And it's a first come, first served for claiming locations. So you definitely want to get involved with it as soon as you can if you are interested. Now, the question always becomes how much experience do you need? Well, we certainly don't want to send people out into some of these remote locations if they don't know where they're going. And if they aren't. Yeah. You know, familiar enough without, you know, being out in the woods or, you know, being out in a cemetery, wherever it might be that you are for the night, you know, you have to be familiar with being able to get around there. If you are not, we can always try to pair you up with somebody who is. Uh, and then the other part of it is you have to be comfortable with going to law enforcement and telling them what you are doing mm -hmm. and where you will be because you aren't going to be going anywhere without permission. And that's, that's something that we have thankfully never really had a problem with during the, the live Bridgewater Triangle investigation shows. Everybody's been very good about only going to places that they're allowed to be. But we have had issues with people going to places not for the program, but claiming they were there for Spooky South Coast. Yes. And, and just a little, bit of a, a little bit of inside baseball here for everybody. I work in the news department here at WBSM quite a bit. And I spent two years in the newsroom. Uh, so I know the police departments all around here. I, I have communication with them all. And so if you, do, if you don't get permission on the night of and you get caught, I'm going to know about it. And if you try to say that you're with us and you're not, I'm going to know about it. So don't do that. Uh, it's just, first of all, it's just stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you throw out the name of the radio show? Like, that's not going to help you any. Like, saying that you were here for Spooky South Coast, the police are going to say, so? You're still not supposed to be here. Uh, but it's a little bit different for the Triangle Show because we get permission in advance. And, you know, it's it's better, in my opinion, in this case, to ask for permission ahead of time than forgiveness afterwards. I know that goes counter to what the saying is, uh, but that's the truth of the matter when it comes to this. So we'll start putting all that together. <clears throat> 
And I think that, um, you know, I'm just going to pull up my calendar here and give it a rough approximation. So it looks like the, the 25th would probably be a good date for that, September 25th. Uh, and if we have to push it into October, we can. But I just think that, uh, you know, September, if we can, is just a much better time to do it. And also, people get busy doing other paranormal things and other Halloween-y type yeah. things in October. So if we can keep it, you know, out of that month, that'll be helpful, too. I mean, we've we've got Halloween-y stuff we're going to do, too. Well, consider it a primer for for Halloween. Well, you know how we play it here. We we consider it spooky season pretty much right from Labor Day yeah. through Thanksgiving. So <laughs> yeah. and maybe even to Christmas. Uh it's 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 always gonna be, you know, we're gonna squeeze as much of it as we can. And I'm already getting excited because as all the fourth of July decorations are being put away at all the stores, uh now they're pr- pulling out the Halloween stuff, which I'm very excited about. Uh I'm pretty happy to uh I'm pretty happy to, you know, start collecting that stuff now. Although I always say that. But do I really go out and ever buy anything before Halloween? Maybe if I see something super cool. The candy? No, I don't really buy that much candy. But if, you know, the decorations and all that stuff. If I if I see something really cool that I think won't last, I'll probably grab it. But come on, everybody that knows me, you know, I wait till the day after Halloween <laughs> and the week after and I go get everything 75, 90% off. And then I just sit on it for a year. Yeah, I can see you doing that. And the other part of that, too, is I don't look at it as Halloween decorations. I, I, I'll For put you, that stuff out year-round. Year yeah. yeah. In fact, I was just talking with uh, with somebody last night about I, there's a, uh, I keep seeing it advertised on Facebook, this uh, zombie uh, holding a, a lantern LED light that you put in your garden. I was like, well, I know just where I'm going to put that. I'm going to order one of those and put it right in my front yard. yard yeah. The only reason I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet is because I'm afraid somebody might take it because it's so cool. But, yeah, I used to have I used to have a big tree in my front yard, a big pine tree. I don't know if you yeah. remember that pine yeah. tree. They took it down now. Uh, the landlord took it down and really opened up the whole yard, and I have a nice view of the pond now and everything. But um, when that tree was up, and my son put on what we call tree face, and oh, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was it was a, a little yeah. face. Uh, and it was really silly looking, but it would howl and light up when you walked by. And we just left it up year round. So every time we got a pizza delivery, <laughs> you know, it would freak out the, the delivery guy. I say, if you want to let Stephanie in. Sure. But um, so we will uh, we'll be talking tonight about, uh, well, listen, for those of you who have been listening to us for the past few weeks, you know that we have been discussing the changes that have been going on at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Uh, we have tried for the for a little while to try and get the owner, the new owner, to come on the program. Uh, and we will we will continue to try that. I did send out an email this week over to them to see if he wanted to join us. I haven't heard back, but uh, the door is open. And if he is listening to the program tonight, certainly you are welcome to call in. And so is anybody else that's listening, 508-996-0500. Uh, but we are going to discuss tonight uh, some of the changes that have been going on and some of the plans that are being put into place. Uh, they came up a little bit a few weeks ago. When we were talking with, uh, we're talking about uh, Leanne Wilbur, the former part owner and manager, longtime manager who passed away uh, right after the sale was finalized. 
and we 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 touched a little bit upon some of the changes, but we also decided that at the time, because we were memorializing Leanne, it probably wasn't the time to really talk about that stuff. Uh, so we punted it to being able to talk about it at a future date, and we just keep getting so many messages, so many questions about it, so many uh, people that are concerned about what they're hearing about and reading some of these articles that I figured tonight is a good time to get into some of that and, and discuss it. So there was an article that came out this week. Um, I'm pretty sure it came out this week. I'll have to check the date on it. Uh, but it was uh, in the Smithsonian Magazine, and it was written by our old friend Erica Mailman, who had been on the program before. She wrote a book about Lizzie Borden, and she's done a lot of Lizzie Borden research. We had her come on and talk about the book that she had written years and years ago. Uh, sorry, Erica, not trying to age you. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it with her then. She wrote this article for the Smithsonian Magazine, and she reached out to the new owner, Lance All. There was a few things that were slightly incorrect. I don't I don't necessarily blame Erica, you know, I'm sure it went through an editing process, but uh, in the article it claims, you know, that he is from the company Ghost Adventures, and he's not from Ghost Adventures, he's from the company U.S. Ghost Adventures, um, yeah. which, come on, why did you call your company that, you know, it's like uh, if I decided to open up a fast food restaurant and called it the Burger King's. Yeah, You know, like, oh, no, no, that place, they only have one king. We've got four. Well, how can you have four kings? Well. It's just for search engine optimization. Yeah, that's, that's all. all that it was. Well, you can have a spade. You can have a heart. You can have a club. Yeah, that's why That's why four popped into my head. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that's probably why. Uh, but, you know, people would know what I was trying to do. Yeah. And, and that's the case uh, with this as well. Let's see who is calling in here on, on the main line here. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. What's shaking, Playboy? Hey, Lamone. How you doing? Oh, hot as, hot as heck. Yeah. It's 100, still 117 degrees. Well, 116 degrees right now. And it's at 7 o'clock. I'm saying the clock at night. Good grief. Well, but isn't that why you live there? So that you can have that nice warm weather? Yeah, that's exactly why I live here in Las Vegas. You go. You found me out. Keep it on the down low, player. How you doing, Matthew? All righty. Don't forget, it's a dry heat, though. Exactly. And see, one thing about this heat is, okay, you remember, like, remember back in, in like, in the 80s and stuff way before, and you could dial, like, a 118, and you could get the number, uh, the, the time and temperature from where you, that your part of the town is? Yep. Yeah. So, I uh, said, so now, up here, now, now, the highest temperature in Las Vegas was 117 degrees, but when I was living uh, back in the days, it was it got to like a, it was 122 degrees. That's where I was living out near the Air Force Base. So, and 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 the McCarran International Airport is the place they take the take the temperature and say it's the the um, official temperature. So, but I remember living in the, in, the, in Morocco. That's the Atlantic Ocean coast of Africa, right on the equator. Going out and playing in the shade when it was 143 degrees in the shade. Wow. That was inside. Now, I remember going, I was getting, a couple, getting some Kool-Aid and went back out and wanted to play a couple of times. But two of the times I remember wanting to go and play, my mother said, hell no, it's 150 degrees out there. So those two of the times, I don't remember them, but I remember the 143 very clearly. You would be surprised at some of the simple things or, or not simple things that you, you would remember for the whole, you know. So, like, I'm finally glad that I'm able to call and talk to you guys because the show just, 
you know, paranormal wasn't wasn't quite the same anymore. I was like, oh, it's another UFO. Whoopie damn do. Well, like, well, I mean, we, we've told you. I told you how to get the show. You were having some trouble getting it, though, right? Yeah, I thought it was just I thought it was just a black thing. Didn't want the brother to. No, no, no! Don't say that. Now you tell me. I guess that Matt Blindstein was lying when he said told me that then. Oh, Matt, I'm going back, fella. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, that's, <laughs> wow. But, you're, you're but that's, going back, you're all over the place. <laughs> exactly. So I think the heat's night, getting to you. I'm going to go see David, David Chappelle again here in Las Vegas last night. And so he was pretty good. Have you guys seen Dave Chappelle uh, perform live? Not in person, no. Oh, well, it's always a good show. It's always a good show. And the night before we did um, we did uh, The Black Widow. Have you seen that yet? No, not yet. Dang, you guys have such sheltered lives up there. Man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm slow to see the movies. Okay, well, that's okay. I know that you still like to take those short buses, too, but that's okay. No short bus, no short buses. All right, come on now, Lamone. I'm just tripping. So, yeah, so um, I just, are you guys going to be back on, on the tube, YouTube, anytime soon? Uh, not anytime soon. We're working on trying to get that computer uh, a little bit. There's some work that's going to get done on it by the engineer, but he's working on it. That's that's sad. You know, it's, it's so much more enjoyable when we can look at you guys. And it's not like you, you know, walk around well, in miniskirts and nothing like that. Just you, you wouldn't enjoy it tonight. I'm not wearing a shirt. You're, you're not. I'm either. just kidding. No, I'm wearing my Parabox shirt. I actually well, like that, that one. Yeah, it's a Michigan it, Dogman shirt. Is it a big shirt? You know, I'm a I'm a portly kind of fella. I like my shirt big. You can well, you like you them. can you can get you can get large shirts from them. You can get uh, I think up to four X from Parabox monthly. Yeah, because I probably need something to something to swim in four X. That would be kind of cool. Case anybody wants to buy me something nice for my birthday, but like I said, just throw when, it out there. When's your birthday, Lamone? November the twelfth. Okay, we we'll, got some time for some money. We'll remember yeah. that. All right, we're going to let you go because we're going to move on to the topic for tonight. But thank you for two checking more, in. Two more, two more questions, two more uh, comments. Um, I have I've been did some some people might say I'm crazy, but on my channel, some? you know, my channel, I have I I bought something. I paid eighty three hundred dollars for something. Uh, and I have it on my channel. It's like the first video. It's like 56 seconds long. And it's like I paid uh, 2500 cash, and the rest of it was trade. Would you tell me if you, if you guys get a chance to, like, maybe on a break or whatever, could you go and just look at it? You know, my thing? Okay, we'll, we'll take a and look, and we'll see. Are you going to be, be live Monday? Are you doing the show Monday? I uh, will be live, yep. Okay. Is it all week live next week? Should be. Yeah, okay. I know you so should be good throwing it out there. You know, I know sometimes it's, you know, not always as as we'd like it to be. Right. And, so, and I, I almost thought Michelle was outside knocking on my door. I said, Lamont, you ready to, while, while he's on vacation or hiatus? If I need a guest host, uh, Lamont, I promise you'll be um, you'll be on the list of people that I might call. I can't tell you exactly where you'll be on the list, but you'll be on the list. You mean the next page? <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Take it easy. All right. Okay, God bless you. Take it easy. Uh, much love to all the Midnight and, Midnight and the FM out there. Uh, or the Spooky South Coast people, should I say, more or less. All That's right. what we're listening to tonight. Thank you. Good Hope night. See you guys too. I, I, I don't blame them. I get confused sometimes, too. I don't know what show I'm doing from time to time sometimes. All right. That is Lamone. Uh, you can also call in 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Uh, good evening, Stephanie, too. I, I wasn't ignoring you. Uh-huh. I was just, you know, I have to... I have to put all my attention on Lamone when he calls, just in case I got to hit the dump button. I feel like I should be hurt by that comment. So, why? Because all your attention should be on me. I've been here for 10 years. I don't need to dump you, though. No. You're not an FCC no, violation waiting no, to happen. No. <laughs> and you better never dump me. I'm terrible. If I hit the button, 
I'm still here. That's that's me dumping you. So <laughs> I'm still I, here. You can't get rid of me. I don't think you. I think I think Moniz might have deserved the dump last week, but I yeah, I, I missed caught it. myself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, just know that we do we do have the our finger on the button when the phone calls, myself. just in case. Uh, so before we get into the Lizzie Borden stuff. Uh, and I do have the article pulled up. By the way, I had mentioned that the article was on the SmithsonianMag.com website, uh, it, and it did pop up this week. It was July 6th. Mm-hmm. So I saw it this week, but I wasn't sure if it had run prior to this week, but no, it, it was published July 6th. And um, and thank you to Faye Musselman for bringing that to my attention. Uh, but before we get into some of this stuff, we do have some sad news to report that is Lizzie Borden related, uh, and I feel I feel terrible having to you know, keep bringing bad news to the audience about the house. But something that we knew was probably going to happen sooner rather than later, and that is that Max the cat, Max Borden, passed away today. Uh, He lived a good long life. Uh, He was probably like around 19, 20, 21 years old. And that's long for a cat. Especially that cat. Yeah, especially an outdoor cat. Uh, but uh, certainly after what he'd been through the last few years, um, how long was he gone for when he disappeared? It was months. It was like six months. I don't think he was gone for six months. It was, it was quite a while though. It was, it, it was, was definitely, it was definitely months. multiple months. Um, it wasn't six. I and, know that, but. And then when, when he came back, he had to have all kinds of procedures done. Yeah. He was definitely a medical mystery at that point. Because, uh, I, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of school to say, you know, Leanne put every cent she had into yeah. keeping that cat alive. Yeah, he definitely had more than nine lives, that's for sure. And when she passed away uh, last month, we kind of, oh no, well, yeah, last month. Yeah. I don't know what month it is anymore. Exactly I, a month, yeah. I thought it was uh, I thought it was August for a second there. Um, but I know, slow down, Tim. Enjoy the summer. But I'm just so excited. Can't wait for Halloween. But the... <laughs> We knew when she passed that, you know, it wouldn't be long for Max. And, you know, thank, thankfully, you know, Deb and Sue, they they took Max under their care. Mm-hmm. And I know that they brought him over to Maplecroft and they were trying, you know, to, to give him the best life possible. But he, you know, he missed his mom. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, now they are reunited. So uh, I'm sure that a lot of you will see photos of him popping up on Facebook and on social media. And so that is why. Uh, he he also had his own Facebook page, so his own, actually his own account. He he was just his own creature. And I remember, you know, it took it took a long time for him to, you know, come in some nights when we were doing stuff there. You know, yeah. he would he'd peek into the window and he would say, ah, "Do I want to go and hang in with these hang out with these weirdos?" It, like he 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 kind for a cat, he really knew like when to respect the borders of when when it was okay to come in and interrupt and when it wasn't you know he never came in at a bad moment he just didn't like people well that's i don't blame him i mean i don't like a lot of people either it, it was funny because he would come in if you saw me standing in the window sometimes he would pop in the window and come to where i was standing and he was a very standoffish cat like he just he he wasn't the type of cat that like you could pet him, but it had to be on his terms. Like, if he was, like, rolling around, it still had to be on his terms. You had to be really careful. Um, but if he saw me with pizza, and he would come in the window. Well, that's, I mean, we put the pizza right under the window. Right. We, we were almost inviting him right to it. So he would come in. He would try to, you know, eat my pizza. And, again, on his terms. 
Um, but you know, getting a picture with him or being able to touch him was definitely a rare thing because he was just a super free spirit. Now he, um, he also, in terms of, you know, the, the legend and lore of the house, people think that he had been around forever. He wasn't there the whole time. Um, we know when we first started going there, uh, he wasn't around yet. Uh, but so people will talk about the, the ghost cat photo that was captured there, which, you know, they famously kept that in the draw so that Mm -hmm. anybody could check it out. But people always try to debunk that and say, well, it was probably had something to do with Max. He wasn't there when that photo was taken. Mm -hmm. He, he wasn't, he was probably alive, but he wasn't living at the house. So I think people are, you know, kind of adding him into that legend before, but he's definitely going to be part of the legend going forward because I can just imagine that even tonight they're probably hearing, you know, that collar jangling around. And that's how we always kind of knew because right. you wouldn't see him in yeah. the window. You'd hear him. You'd just hear the, the, and he was very silent except for that collar. Sometimes uh, even the collar didn't work. Right. Yeah. Like you'd just go over to wash your hands and be like, oh, jeez. Right, like there. something staring at you. <laughs> and right it's funny, if, if you'd ever been to the house when Leanne owned it, you would know that um, the way that that worked is she had like this little setup outside of like things strategically placed mm-hmm. at different heights in order for him to like jump up them like a ladder in order to get to that window because that's a high window. Yeah, God forbid you didn't close the lid for the trash bins yes. because that was like step one was, for yeah, getting exactly. over there. And yeah. And even being, you know, for lack of a better term, he was an old man he and he does. was still getting up into that window. Yeah. No problem. So uh, we will certainly miss Max. Uh, he he was definitely, you know, a big part of the fabric of that house. I'm not surprised that, you know, and and people will say this naturally about a cat that when a, a, a cat is older right. and goes through life changes where, you know, your owner has passed away and now you're being brought to these different locations and you're not in the same place you always were, sure that that's going to kind of hasten your demise a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think that it was just that. I, I think it, it was that, you know, he was connected to Leanne. Oh, and absolutely. He showed up just to be her cat. Absolutely. Out of the blue. And and I I think he hung on yeah. for these last couple of weeks just because he wanted to help all the people around her get through it. And then he realized like, mm. okay, my job is done now, so I can go be with my mom. Yeah, I think that's the best place for him, especially since they were extremely connected. Like she was the only person that that cat absolutely adored. And, and, and I'm... I, I know it sounds weird to say, but I'm kind of glad that it happened this way. Right. Because I don't know. I mean, no offense to Deb and Sue and anybody else that, that loved the cat and loved Leanne, too. I don't know that if he had another medical situation that anybody else yeah. would, would put themselves yeah. out there to save a 20-year-old cat. Right. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like I said, I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say, like, she ran up credit card bills because we right. were helping her find ways to try to recoup yep. some of that loss. Uh, and and it was you know it was she really did put everything into that was her son that's how yeah. she referred to him yep. so um yeah so anyway so yes yeah, so a, a sad day in that regard um and we we were going to be talking about this topic otherwise so that's why I said I reached out to the house a couple of days ago to try and get uh Lansall to come on the program uh but uh, I was not able to get an answer back yet doesn't mean that the floor isn't open to him if he wants to call in 508-996-0500 
Or if you want to schedule it for another time, you know how to get me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. I think that there's probably been a bug in his ear that maybe this isn't, you know, a friendly place to come and talk. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll just dispel that right now. You know, we're not looking to attack anybody. We we have questions and we will ask those questions. Uh, but we are certainly not trying to hurt anybody's business. Uh, and I will say that as we go into this discussion, because we're going to be talking about some stuff that people might kind of hear us talk about and realize that, hey, we're not we're not in agreement with it. But I will say right at the outset what I've said all along. He bought the house. He owns it. He can do whatever he wants with it now. He is not beholden to what I think should be done, what Stephanie thinks, what Moniz thinks, what anybody else thinks. That being said... There are questions that pop up in some of the things that you want to do. And to his credit, at least in some of the articles that I've read, when people have confronted him about those questions, he has kind of answered them. Although I don't really necessarily like the way that he's answered them in some cases. So in this article that ran in Smithsonian Mag, I just want to say uh, here, uh, let me say, if you read the article, uh, and I'm sure it's because it's Smithsonian and they're, you know, focused on history as much as they are on the current events. The article, you have to get about halfway through it before you actually get to the new information. The rest of it is all just recapping the murders and the trial and all of that. But uh, in this part of the article, uh, this is what it says. The owner of Ghost Adventures, which, you know, we talked before is actually U.S. Ghost Adventures, Zoll plans to paranormalize the site with a bigger emphasis on capturing the ghostly echoes from its former inhabitants. Along with the daily pre-existing 90-minute house tour, he has added a 90-minute ghost tour and a two-hour ghost hunt. He's planning to launch a podcast, virtual experiences, theme dinners, bedtime ghost tours of Fall River, and murder mystery nights. Quote, we want to get the Lizzie Borden story into the hands of more people, he says. He sees the house as a wedding venue and plans to refit the cellar to create a rentable bedroom to join the existing six. He especially wants guests to video themselves reacting to paranormal phenomena in the house. Did anybody really far away hear my eyes roll? Because it was kind of loud. Well, uh, to be fair, weddings have happened there already. I mean, that's been something that's gone on for years. Um, refitting the cellar to create a rentable bedroom. I no. don't. I don't think that's feasible. Uh, well, first, I mean, I'm sure I any, think, anything can be done with enough money. Yeah, but I think fire codes that's going to be so tough. Anyways, yeah, those ceilings are too low in the basement. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think you could probably you could probably come up with something. I mean, especially when people know what they're getting into when they yeah. rent it out. The problem is, is like you don't have to duck or anything, but so. It's well, just, it's a typical old basement. Right. I, I mean. It's going to take a lot of money. If like I was a dirt a, floor. If I was a teenager and somebody said to me, like, you can have your bedroom in that basement, I'd be like, yeah, awesome. Yes. If I was paying to stay in yeah. a bed and breakfast, well, not a bed and breakfast anymore, but if I was staying to stay at an mm-hmm. inn, for lack of a better term, uh, I don't think that would be the room that I would want to rent out. You know? It's like. When you go to rent the house, when you go to rent a room at the Borden house, like you take Abby's dressing room or Emma's room because those are the only things that are open. Right. right. Like they're not like I want to, I definitely want to stay in the room that, you know, you have to walk through somebody else's bedroom to get into. Yeah, it's super awkward. And I don't think somebody would be like, I willingly want to sit in, uh, I, w- I willingly want to have the room next to 
where the hot water heater is going to keep going off right. and the furnace is going to keep going off. And but let's be honest, nobody's really staying at it because it's just a cute bed and breakfast. People stay there because of what happened. That's the majority of the business that they get. But also... It's not like, hey, kids, we're going to visit Fall River to see family, but let's stay at this random bed and breakfast that somebody was murdered in in the no, 1800s. No, but they did get that clientele. They did get people did that sometimes. would just stay there. But And those people aren't welcome anymore. Yeah. You know, the, it's, this, odd. it's not setting up an environment where those people would want to come and stay. Um, I think that he's he's commercialized it too much. I think that that's my issue with the entire thing. I honestly don't care what anybody does with their business. It's their business to to go about doing what they want to. But when you commercialize it so much that it's a freaking carnival, it's a three ring circus well, all damn day and night. Can I just put this out there? And, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the people that are going to go there right. and investigate and have their experiences and try to document their experiences. <laughs> But I'm not going to believe anything that comes out of that no. house anymore ever again. No. And like, you know, speaking from experience, call me an expert on the subject. I don't care. I know how everybody hates that word, but I talk to dead for a living. It's, it's what I do. Um, it's what I've done forever. Um, challenge me on it. I'm, well, I, I'm welcome to it. But I think you can be considered an expert on that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody likes to, to crap on that word, but this is what I do. When it comes to spirits in a place like that, and there is constant people in their face, nonstop, over and over and over again, guess what happens? They leave. They don't come back. They go next door. They go somewhere else. They don't want to be there anymore. Well, because they like to have their quiet time. And you know, as well as I do, most of the time when things go on, it's when everybody's just sitting in one room, enjoying themselves and having normal conversation, or there's quiet time, there's downtime. But when you have things constantly happening nonstop, like, I don't know what he's doing with the third floor. Have we decided, you know, have we figured so that out yet? The, as, as from what I understand right now, the third floor, because I, I keep seeing conflicting information. So the third floor is where they were, this is what I thought that I read online. So if I'm wrong and anybody's listening that wants to call in and correct me, feel free to do so. But I thought on the third floor they were running like operations. Yeah. And then the second floor is where you can rent out. Mm -hmm. And then the first floor in the basement is where they're doing the ghost tours and the ghost investigations. So I know you're going to go pay for a 90-minute experience oh, and you're only going to get to... But I'm going to get into that when we get into some of these reviews that I found okay. online because that comes into play with that. Well, uh, the third floor has generally most of the activity. I wouldn't say most. I mean, certainly a fair amount. But my point was bringing up the third floor is if that's off limits and that's where all the ghosts are going to go and hang out and then not come back. Like, or I mean, <laughs> if that were me, I'd be like, no, I'm going upstairs. I suppose, there's no people. Yeah, I suppose they could also just be standing right next to you and just choose not to interact. What too. a lot of people, well, I think that you know they they're sensitive to energy just like we are. That's how they detect us. That's how they they go about like, hey, I want to communicate with this person. I really like their energy. Um, what most people don't realize, and I'm sure is not included in the history, is the house that used to be next door was connected. Um, in many ways, including the basement, the print shop, it was actually a part of it. So what they can do is go over to that space and hang out there and not be in the house at all if they want to. I, I also think you're putting too much of the emphasis on like being connected to the property too. They could just... Well, I'm saying if they can't leave, then that's could, exactly where they're going to go. I've, I, I I've mean, actually had conversations where... 
Abby Borden has said to me, I can't leave. Like there's not nothing I can do. I but can't leave. So I, but they can go next door. I Listen, I also think whatever this greater power is that's keeping them from being able to leave might be like, eh, even I feel bad. You guys can go. <laughs> Possibly. Come on, come on up to heaven there's, and uh, hang a, out with the rest of us. There's a lot of things that are uh, at play. But like this is this is this is even beyond what we're willing to make you be stuck dealing with ghosts. I think the only thing, I mean, to be honest, the thing in the basement might not even want to stay. Oh yeah, I got a feeling that that thing already that thing already left. <laughs> even it was like, Ur. yeah. Anyway, uh, let me just get back to this one line here that I thought was kind of the key part about this that I, I, I think that we kind of glossed over a little bit here. He especially wants guests to video themselves reacting to paranormal phenomena in the house. Well, you know that's why, right? He wants scary TikTok videos to exactly. handle all of his marketing. Correct. And while that's a smart business move, it's a terrible paranormal move mm -hmm. because all you're going to get a bunch, now you're going to get now is a bunch of people freaking out. Yeah. At stuff that isn't real. And I can, but again, I'll get into some of that with cash. the reviews. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care if it's actual paranormal groups coming in. And all right, we can look at it the same way that we look at paranormal TV, right? You've you've told me since day one, paranormal TV is not made for paranormal enthusiasts. It is made for the typical housewife that sits at home or the person that likes to be scared at Halloween time. That is exactly what he is doing. Is it he's marketing it to the general Joe Schmo that just wants to come in a thrill seeker. But that's Kitch. not <clears throat> basically. The the thing is that's not in my opinion, as somebody that's been around this a lot longer than Lanzal has yeah. been, that is not a sustainable business model. No, but what would be? I think continuously playing to all the different avenues that are interested in that house is a sustainable business model. You know, the thing that kept it going for the past 20 years. I mean, Leanne had it booked out nonstop. So, and, so. and we'll get into some of that with the reviews too. These <laughs> these reviews are going to, you know, and, and again, I'll I'll just say they're just reviews. They're not, I can't prove that what's said in them actually happened. Uh, I can say that there are more positive reviews online than there are negative reviews, but what's in those negative reviews is what concerns me, and we'll get into it, some of that in the second say, hour. To be clear, these are not reviews that have been written into us. These are reviews that no, are I'm gonna, public I'm going to read them from the Facebook page and okay. from the Google page, um, but we'll get into all that coming up in the second hour. you make us wait? That part, well, there's still a lot to dissect in this article. Um, so the part about wanting guests to video themselves reacting to paranormal phenomena. You are, that basically says you are catering to the people who are not knowledgeable about the paranormal because knowledgeable people aren't going to be giving you the reactions that you think are going to market what goes on, uh, at least in the way that you're looking at it. Because to me, if I go there, yeah, I'm, I'm going to react if something cool happens, but I'm not going to, you know, do a... Uh, a 60-second TikTok video about how much I'm freaking out about it. They oh. can be three minutes now. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I just so. posted my first one today. Did you see it? I, I did not see it. Uh, well, then we can't be friends anymore. I ha I posted one, and it, was, and it was turkeys getting it on in the middle of the road. Mine was squirrels. Getting it on in the middle of the road? No. Oh. I'll have see. to show you at the news break. I just, I just want to see the wild animals getting it on. But oh. I'm kidding. I don't really want to see that. I'm looking at what they're planning here is some from a different viewpoint we're looking at what happened a hundred years ago hundred plus years ago and creating a circus <laughs> out of it 
Now, we had another murder that, a double murder that happened in our lifetime recently that shocked the world, Nicole Brown Simpson. How would people feel about somebody taking that house on, you know, out in Brentwood and start creating, you know? Somebody probably will in another 50 years. But you get my point. Listen, there are people who are, you know, true followers of the Borden story and the Borden mystery and care about the true crime of it. There are Borden relatives here living. But there are people who have dedicated their lives to studying this case that absolutely hate the fact that Leanne and Donald allowed people to look into the paranormal side of it at all. Mm -hmm. Like they, there's people that hate the fact that we all got the chance to go in there and investigate. And it wasn't, it wasn't the primary selling point of the house. So it was able to kind of, peacefully coexist even though they might you know roll their eyes i mean you you've been there when we've been oh, there yeah. with faye musselman yep. she doesn't really believe in paranormal stuff but she finds a few things that have happened there interesting mm-hmm. and she's had some things happen that she thinks are interesting so but you know she doesn't want to hear the paranormal stuff uh stephanie quarry doesn't want to hear anything to do with the paranormal stuff i don't know how much shelly dietzik cares about the paranormal stuff i haven't really talked but to her can't length about it, but it happens there but, but if you look at it like but okay. some of them don't believe in it so they don't they don't care to have it mixed in with the things that they've dedicated their lives to. Yeah, but the paranormal doesn't care if you believe. But that's okay. I'm just saying, like, they they don't need to discuss it, and they don't need to, to, well, to promote okay. it. Yeah. Right, just like some paranormal people literally don't care about history. Right. I mean, we can look at it a bunch of different ways. Why did these three specific women who've dedicated their lives to research actually even matter in the entire story? What matters is the actual story, uh, the actual facts. And, you know, that's not to put anybody down. It's just to say, like, you dedicated your life to it, but it's not a paying job. But those so. those three people never turn their back on it because of the paranormal side of it. I think what they're doing now is causing a lot of people to turn their back on the whole thing. Right. Both from the paranormal side and the historical side. Let me just get into a couple more things here before we run out of time in this hour. Um, the parking lot will host special events, including axe throwing. This detail strikes a nerve for anyone who cringes about playfulness around the board and deaths. But Zal responds, quote, who's being murdered here? I mean, nobody's murdering anybody. We want you to have a good time. So that's the cavalier attitude to what the concerns are about people. That quote didn't even make sense. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't address what's going on either. But that's the cavalier attitude that you have toward the concern that people have about whether or not axe throwing in the parking lot of a place where hatchet murders took place is considered tacky or tasteless. That's your response. Yeah. So not, oh, you know, we understand that. We understand the responses. That, and by the way, let me just jump over into uh, this conversation from today um, because this came up in a back and forth on the page today which I'm probably going to end up getting blocked from in the middle of this conversation I'm sure uh, oh I figure anybody that's listening now whether they're historians paranormal people or the owner of the house is going to block all of us or blast us on something at some point I'm trying to find <laughs> the part where it was directly commented on the thing you sent me uh, nope that was a different part Okay, but somebody <laughs> had mentioned something about you know, having axe throwing there. It might have been in one of the reviews. Yeah. Uh, and it said something about axe throwing. And, and then the response from the house was, who said anything about there being axe throwing? That's just something that was kind of tossed around for an idea, but nothing is. And like, well, that's not what you said four days ago in this article. So, and then 
really quickly. One change in particular represents the decisions Zoll faces as the new proprietor of a historically relevant habitable house. He plans to replace the kitchen stove and iron behemoth with a modern one. Although the antique is not original, it allowed visitors to visualize Lizzie burning her dress inside it once she learned she was a suspect. Yet when Zoll tells of the faulty pilot light, it's clear the stove has to go. Quote, evacuating people in the middle of the night in winter with gas filling up the house and fire trucks coming. We don't want to risk burning the house down, he says. We have to cook. We have to keep people's lives safe. So, by the way, uh, there's a quote in the next paragraph by Shelley Dezik that says, I'm not into the paranormal at all. So that answers my question that I said before, right. but I didn't know how much <laughs> she was into it. But the part about the stove needing to be replaced because of a faulty pilot light. I don't know why this irks me so much, but it does. This has become, in my mind, kind of what I am putting in my head as the, you know, the the, the definitive kind of, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just the, the hallmark of everything that I think is going wrong here. Because that stove is one of the most talked about things in the house. Right. And it is a showpiece as part of that house. Yep. It definitely... Gives you a moment back in 1892. Like, imagine how goofy a modern stove is going to look in that kitchen. Like, right. even even the fridge was made to look like part of the cabinets. Correct. And then... And the uh, dishwasher, you know. Yeah, everything is it, kind like of like... Everything, like, like you yeah. can't even tell the that there's modern appliances in. in there, except, like... But do you need... Running water. Do you... Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, because feel, I'll feel bad if we don't take this call. Uh, we can pick this part of it up on the other side of the news. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Yeah, hi, Tim. Yes. Oh, yeah. My name, uh, I don't want to lose my last name, but my first name is Andy, okay? And uh, uh, my myself and my family were listening to you. You're very good, great um, um so we we, we, kind of, we kind of listen to you, you know. Well, thank and you. My, and my uh, my sister, my, actually, my, I have a lot of sisters there, nurses. But um, I had a uh, I had a uh, paranormal thing, right? And I uh, just want to just relay it to you, you know. Sure, we got about two minutes. Can you squeeze it into two minutes? Okay, okay. Uh, I grew up uh, in, uh, in in Little Bedford, and my uh, my uh, my grandmother that came over over the uh, latter uh, about you know a century, and uh, all the doctors used to have uh, uh, you know you don't go to the hospital. They had uh, all the doctors have all their things and. And uh, I grew up with my grand uh, grandmother, and uh, um, back in uh, like nineteen, uh, she bought the house like in uh, very early in the century. Got get about one I, minute I, left, just so you know. Okay, all right. My paranormal thing was she she always uh, uh, clocked the clock, and and. Everything was silent, and I was on the bed. I was a kid, and somebody stood up on my bed, and guess what? I looked at it, and it just 
disappeared. So there was, was a like, there was a figure on your bed standing there, and then it just vanished. Figure on the bed, and my grandmother's clock was always ticking. She always clocked at it. I, I, I hate to cut you off, but we're up against the news here. We'll we'll have to check, check to text this out another time. Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. Apologies to that last caller, but we were up against the end of the hour and the news, uh, and we have a lot to cover in this hour with the Lizzie Borden topic, so uh, hopefully sometime you can call back another night when we're doing uh, kind of open lines uh, and we are doing... um, you know, having people call in and share their experiences. Uh, we'll, we'll have you call back on that night. But we've got a lot of stuff to cover with the Borden story. And I will say that as we're discussing this, if anybody out there has had uh, an experience going over there since the new ownership took over and you want to call in and share, good or bad, 508-996-0500. I will reiterate, as I did in the first hour, we're not looking to attack the business. As we said at the outset, Lance all purchased the Lizzie Borden house. He can do whatever he wants with it. It's his place. Uh, one thing that I do have a little bit of a problem with is that um, he seems to think that he controls the Lizzie Borden name and story, and that's not the case. Uh, but when it comes to the house, you know, certain the property and the business, he can do whatever he wants with it. Uh, and we can also agree or not agree with what it is. Uh, we are not in any way telling people not to go there. We are not telling you not to go. If you've always wanted to go check it out for yourself and experience it, certainly go ahead and do it. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, honestly and openly what we think about what's going on. And I think that um, I think that we're losing a lot of what, you know, a lot of what got us there when it comes to the paranormal and the history of the house. And I also think, too, uh, as I said in the first hour, that with all that's going on, I'm not going to be able to believe anything that comes out of that house anymore. I got a question. You know how when Leanne had the place before, uh Everything was open source. And people went there. If you got some sort of evidence, it was yours. Is that still the case now? Or does the new owner own the rights to whatever you capture there? I don't know. Um, I don't know what the... what the. Uh, it's a legitimate question. It is. And, but I don't know what it is that, you know, what people have to sign when they go, if they have to sign anything. Uh, I'm going to just take a look really fast on the website and see if there's anything on the site that mentions anything about that. I don't I think seen I've anything. seen anything on there. Um, I don't see how he can make anything his property when it comes to the fact that you recorded it unless you sign it away yourself. You could you could freely <laughs> state, though, in any ticket sale uh, yeah. or anything like that, that anything that you do catch, that person is able to utilize. Right. Uh, you, you know, that the, the business can utilize and, and, right. and, and 
promotion because we put that into all of our waivers and contracts right. and ticket sales for the events that we do. Uh, basically, so that if you catch something really cool and you send it to us, we can play it on the show mm-hmm. or we can use it to promote, you know, that location and help them, you know, get the word out. Uh, I see the phone is ringing and, and it's that same caller. Um, I'm just going to say that we'll. We'll have to wait to hear the rest of your story another night because we have a lot to cover here tonight with the Lizzie Borden topic. Um, so that is a good question, Moniz. I'm sure that we can find that out eventually. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, Lance wanted to come on and, and he could answer that question directly. But uh, if anybody has gone there and, you know, signed anything, let us know. Uh, one thing that I will say, well, how much can I say? Because I've been told stuff kind of, off the record a little bit. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of... Let's just say that if you work for him... I think that stuff's been posted publicly, so... Okay. <clears throat> if you work for him, he controls the information. If you work for him, you sign a contract that says... Oh, yeah, that's all been as, posted. As, as an employee, I get that. That you're working for that, you know, just like to some degree, but you know, you should, you should get the profits off any books or anything that anybody writes well, about they, their experiences there. I believe by law, you, I know this is what happens in laboratories. You, you come up with an, uh, a process, develop a chemical, what have you. The company has <clears throat> the rights, you know, to take your work and, uh, do what they want with it, but they have to compensate you in some manner in order to be able to do that. But you also get credit for your discovery, which is a lot different. We're talking major science breakthroughs as opposed to somebody owns a property. I mean, I also think it's silly for somebody to write a book while working there and like expect no one to want to take any type of credit for that. Like it's your employer, like you're working for your employer. I can see why he would take profit from that. Now people leaving, like that's different, but I mean, I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't sign it if I worked there. I'd be like, Nope, no. Nope, and, that, and that's what, you know, I like someone like you or I, happened. like we have a following to do with the paranormal. Like we work in the paranormal. We've been on television. Like I understand, like if I were to go work for him tomorrow and I want to write my own book about my, about my experiences there, that's crazy. But if you come in not having a network, not having anything, and then you eventually want to capitalize on it, I can see why he would he would put that in place. I can't argue with that. Well, I'm going <clears> to <throat> just try to read a little bit more out of this article before we get into some of the stuff that's popped up in the reviews that has me concerned. Uh, and just really quickly from this article, which again is on smithsonianmag.com. Uh, you can find it. It was published on July 6th. Um, in an interview, Zal dismisses the concerns and states that his ownership will improve things for the house. Quote, we're making a lot of changes to how the business runs and what we offer guests, he says. He says he wants to, quote, export Lizzie to those who can't visit Fall River, meaning an emphasis on online content. Lizzie Borden needs to adapt and move into a different century if it's going to appeal to a new generation. AKA, he just wants TikTok. Do you, let me ask you this. We are a hundred and... I'm going to have to do the math. Almost 130 years. Yep. Next year will be the 130th anniversary of those murders. Mm -hmm. Okay. In 130 years, have we had any problem with the Lizzie Borden story getting out there to people? No. And honestly, like I've met maybe like a handful of people 
in like you know I've traveled the country for the past two years a handful of people that have not heard of the Lizzie Borden story there's a reason why every <laughs> paranormal TV show does a Lizzie Borden episode correct and and not even talking about paranormal history the movies that have been made yeah like this is not some sort of like hidden secret or like hidden gem um I don't I don't understand why I, he seems to think he's going to blow it up more than it already was. Well, I work with a lot of people from various <laughs> countries, and even they have heard about Lizzie Borden. Okay, so it's known internationally. I don't understand. Well, of course it we, would be. Stephanie and I recently had, um, and you know, there's only so much we can say about it. So we're we're going to trying to avoid that. We're going to be we're going to be we're going to be a little bit guarded about it in how we present it. But we recently worked on a television project. And in discussions with that television project's team, uh, especially the producer, who was a fantastic person, fantastic yes. producer, um, one thing that I was, and we had weeks of conversation with him leading up to taking part in this filming, we were kind of very involved in helping out with what the direction was going to be of this of this program. And one of the things that she and I, Stephanie, you stayed kind of silent on this for the most part, but one of the things, I know you had your opinions, but you didn't get into the middle of it between uh, her and I, but was about the... Sometimes I just let you go and do your thing. Right. Because she's like, uh, let's, see where this, to God, like, let's see where this goes before I align myself with him That's definitely step one. Let's see where this goes before I, I either align myself with Tim or I separate myself. <laughs> but number two, most of the time you and I have the same outlook. Right. And we have the same opinion about a lot of things. That's why we've been friends for so long. But this this was on, <laughs> so you I know. So let you talk for me. This was on, on the TikTok generation, the YouTube generation, <clears throat> and how they are handling paranormal content, we'll say. Because um, we can't talk about, especially the specific case we were talking <laughs> about, but we did talk generalities too about Correct. you know the way that it's surviving, and I I don't I don't love all of the you know the TikTok and and YouTube people that you know the spooky influencers I call them right. I don't like all those people like I don't really respect what a lot of them do um, because you're you're really just there for a glorified photo shoot. Not only that, most of them are, have never even visited these places. They're just retelling the story in order to get followers even, and likes and comments. Even the ones that go, though, <laughs> it's like, you're not a paranormal investigator. You're a right. legend tripper. And stop trying to conflate what it is that you do with people that are doing the actual research. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there isn't a place for what you do. You're creating entertaining content and, and, and you're, you know, you're basically a storyteller in a, in a modern digital form. The problem I, I have with that entire situation, and I was thinking about it the entire time that we were talking about it, and I understand, like, <clears throat> the, the, the biggest problem with this entire setup is this younger generation took a platform that became wildly popular during a pandemic. I think that's probably most of the reason why it took off because everybody was stuck at home making these videos. And honest to God, I spend a lot of time on TikTok myself learning new things because um, there's legitimate people on there that teach you amazing sure. things. It's like, it's fascinating. So, um, and you get to see different things and learn different things like the, the silly stuff I don't necessarily care about. Um, but we have a generation <clears throat> of older people that don't understand social media that are still in these positions of creating television shows or creating content or, or in those positions of power that don't know how to reach 
a newer generation and don't know how to get the ratings and don't know how to get the following for things. So they're looking for this, essentially putting their power in this young generation's pocket. And what you have is these cocky, new, younger influencers that are like, well, what are you going to give me? Listen, I, I have, what am a, I going to do? I have people that you? I've worked closely with, um, Correct. people I wasn't that sure are, if we're going to get into that. People that are friends of mine that have become huge on social media. Correct. Huge followings. So I'm talking the in the millions. Well-known people right now that you probably watch. And congratulations to them. Yes. But what is, what's the future? What do you do if TikTok <laughs> stops being popular tomorrow? What is your future? You end mean game? when it becomes MySpace? Well, I mean, everything's going to evolve and change. Right. There's always something new. Yeah. But if if all of your power is in doing that, what are you really doing? <laughs> like, this is the thing is like what these people don't realize is you're a one trick pony. You all like to be honest, and I've had this conversation for for so long now. All these paranormal celebrities that are on TV right now. What are you going to do when your show stops? What well, is your future plan? Just start plan? pitching other shows. That's what they do. Yeah, but eventually that runs out too because everybody wants to go in a new direction. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that's, that's what their plan that's is. That's something that I always kept in mind of like how I run my career. Like I do things other than, you know, TV here and there. But like you have to be smart with money. You have to save money. You have to invest money. You have to make sure you have a retirement fund. Like does anybody think about that stuff? I've always looked at these people that are doing this. Like <coughs> they're the carnival barkers outside. <clears throat> You know, they're the people, yeah. you know, drawing the attention. Hey, come see the, you know, bearded lady and, you know, yeah. where well, that, that's a, the extent of their depth. And and, and I, I don't want to make this episode into, uh, you know, picking on those people. We can do that a whole other time. Uh, but there's, you know, but there is, in my mind, a, it, it's, it's a dubious prospect to be marketing your business to that generation right. and to that crowd. Uh, it might get you some buzz right away. It's not going to sustain you with uh, repeated visits. And that's what the Lizzie Borden house depends on. It depends on not just people coming to check it out for the first time, but people coming back again and again and again. But I feel like people are, are, are chasing that buzz, that quick buzz, and they don't care where it comes from. They don't care how often it comes. They don't care about any of it, just as long as something comes in and they're not thinking long-term like you're talking about when I, when I put out my readings for people, I'm not like, Oh my God, I just want a ticket sale. I just want something through the door. Like I want repeat customers because that's what you have to, that's what any business throughout time has survived on. You know, you open a restaurant, you don't just want to keep marketing to get this, you know, a different group of 30 people in every single night. I was going to say what (laughs) restaurant, you know, survives not having people come back. I mean, you, you, you need your, I mean, I worked in a restaurant for years that if we didn't have regulars, you know, we never would have, we never would have survived. I made my money bartending on regulars, you know, like it's just, you, you form relationships with people. That is the thing that is missing in this entire world right now is nobody's forming relationships anymore, which means that nobody cares anymore. Because we're all staring (laughs) into these little boxes. That's part of the problem. But at the same time, I think, you know, even depending on like where you are in the world and like where you're from and like you can go even as deep as like how your parents are raising you, what environment you're being raised in. Like all of those are factors well, that go into that. What's the key part <laughs> of any successful business? Customer service. Yeah. And how can you tell how a business is doing with customer service? Personal. Read customer reviews. Service. And so I want to bring in some of these reviews. Uh, first of all, I'm not oh, ready for customer this. service and reliable product. Moniz, don't ruin my transition. <laughs> Sorry. 
I was waiting for that. I shut up. I caught it. I got it. I'm trying to segue into these reviews here. No, seriously, you're right. No, you're right. No, he's right. Um, I just, I'm just trying to transition into this, but he's right. Uh, The before we get into that though, one thing that I do want to bring up because this has happened in a couple of interviews where I have heard (laughs) or read, I should say, um, Lance Zoll taking subtle digs at the previous ownership where he has kind of said things were, you know, not the best way that they could be. Now, first of all, you're dealing with people that have quite a following and have had quite a lot of success over the years. Not only that, like Leanne went out to constant conventions, sometimes even traveled far for them to meet and greet people. Mm -hmm. Like the owner of this place went out to meet and greet people. She didn't just send out people that worked for her. But this came up. So in today's post, which I think, by the way, I'm going to be totally fair about this. The Lizzie Borden house, no longer bed and breakfast because breakfast is extra. The Lizzie. (laughs) No, that's true. I'm sure it is. The Lizzie Borden house Facebook page. Uh, which still has not acknowledged the passing of Leanne Wilbur. The page posted today a photo of a Ghostbusters group that showed up at the house unexpectedly. So an Ecto-1 replica pulled up with a Ghostbusters team in it, and they stayed and they took photos with people, and it just seems like from the post, you know, they came, they took some photos, and then they kind of went on their way. And a lot of people were killing them for that. And, you know, a, a being drive like, by LARP. Yeah, pretty much. And they're, they're saying, you know, like, what a circus. What a circus. Okay. Listen, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's a place that's going to draw that kind of attention. Right. And it's cool for the people that are there to get to take some photos with, with the, the Ghostbusters people. And, uh, you know, and, and it's not, you know, for those who don't understand and aren't aware of this, there are, uh, there are Ghostbusters organizations all over the country where people do, you know, just cosplay as the Ghostbusters, but they have like replica equipment. They have this, this particular team has a replica Ecto-1 that looks exactly like the original. So there are people that put a lot of time and effort into building these Ghostbusters chapters. And then they go out and they do like charitable events. They'll show up at children's hospitals yeah. and they'll go to comic cons and things like that. Totally cool thing to do. I love it. I love every time I see them. And I thought that it was cool that they showed up here. And I'm not going to be one of those people that hates on the Lizzie Borden house for posting that these people were there today. I think it's cool. And I think it added to the experience for anybody that was there. Uh, But in the course of that discussion, as people were kind of questioning some of the stuff that went on, there was one particular person who really did kind of call them out for uh, some of the things that have been going on. And I'm just going to, I just clicked out of the post. Give me a second here. (coughs) But this person commented, hi, house do me a favor, please separate the outside stuff from the history of the Borden family. This mixing together is like apples to oranges. Just stick to the Borden stuff concerning the house. And this got into a whole back and forth with a lot of different people commenting about, you know, well, what's appropriate for what goes on at the house? What isn't? You know, what what is something that goes too far? Uh, the house responded, uh, there's plenty of everything for everyone, whether you want to come for the history, for the unexplained things that happen here, or whether you fit into neither of the aforementioned categories and are simply curious or just want to have a good time. You know, and so, you know, some other back and forth like that. And I, I totally agree with that in terms of this situation. But then this was posted um, by someone else who said, I'm trying to find the 
what the person said to begin with. But the House responded, many do not realize the state of disrepair and neglect the House has been in, the investments needed to secure its future, nor the significant undertaking that has already been done to help preserve this House. Uh, I, If you are talking about, you know, what has happened since they took over the House, you know, maybe if they want to talk about how much disrepair it might have been in, in 1996... When it first opened as a bed and breakfast, and they had to do a lot of changes in that regard, maybe, but I don't think that that's what this is referring to. Many do not realize the state of disrepair and neglect the house has been in, the investments needed to secure its future, nor the significant undertaking that has already been done to help preserve this house. If you were trying to say that you needed, and and, and this (laughs) this person who was commenting actually commented underneath, (laughs) replying to the house, exactly. I interviewed the previous owner, and we discussed the investment in bringing the house to a condition that could even warrant tours or guests. Uh, if, if, and I don't know if, again, like maybe that was talking about, I don't see any mention of Maplecroft, but that's a viable mm-hmm. discussion for Maplecroft because that had fallen under disrepair under, um, uh, Mr. Doobie who owned it years and years ago. Yeah. But when he sold it to the person who bought it at, from him, she started putting in all kinds of renovations she and of money yeah, she, it. she put millions into the house and sold it at a loss to Donald. Yep. And Donald has continued with with improving it since it came in. So and furnishing it, and so that, that's that's not <clears throat> it's not a it's not a viable comment in either case. And now, granted, I haven't been in the Lizzie Boyden house since the pandemic started. But Moniz and I were talking about this off air before we started the show. That what would have happened during the pandemic that would have caused it to not be ready for guests and able to have tours? It might have gotten dusty. It might have needed a good vacuuming. Maybe, maybe some new wallpaper here and there. But there, but there no. was nothing that would have gone on during the pandemic that would have kept it from the previous condition it was in the last time that we were all there, which it was probably three or four years ago for me at this point. But maybe not that long. But still, whatever he's trying to peddle there, I ain't buying it. You didn't have to do anything to take to make the house a place where people could stay or where people could go in and take tours. I mean, in what? at least decade of time that we've been in that house 15 years yeah i'm talking and within the past 10 so there's she's they redid all of the air put, conditioning all the we're going to get into the air conditioning too in the reviews okay <laughs> that's something but yes put in a new air conditioning unit we were there when that was happening because uh, we actually had an event not that long afterwards and we got right. to auction off some of the wood from the original correct roof inside the house, uh, the original ceiling from when they had to put all this stuff in. Uh, we've been there for that. We've been there for all of the new stuff that's gotten put into the basement, all of the uh, electrical system being replaced because it was an, an old system that had to be put in. System, the whole, yeah. <coughs> and we, we were there for, um, there was something else that was done the too. The electrical Something else besides the electrical that was done down downstairs, um, and I know that they rewrapped all the pipes, all that kind of stuff. Oh, the furnace. Be, yeah, that's right. The original furnace was replaced, or whatever the last yeah, furnace was was replaced. Yeah. So, can I go on there where they wrote about the disrepair and how terrible it was, and just respond and say, "Man, you should have seen it when Andrew Borden owned it." Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> I was going to reply underneath it exactly what are you talking about, but then I knew I would just get blocked from the page. Right. They so don't want negative. Anything. I um. Uh, but that that's what's really <laughs> irking me about this is the the fact that it's repeated digs at the people that ran it before. Like they didn't know what they were doing and you're the savior coming here to, to make everything better. Yeah. Meanwhile they, they built 
their new business on the backs of Leanne and Donald. Right. That like, business they, was for sale for two reasons. They inherited a, a, a Facebook page that has close to 50,000 followers on it. Do you think that that happened overnight as soon as you purchased it? That house was for <laughs> sale for two reasons. Yep. One, Donald is older and wanted to retire. Yep. <laughs> two, the pandemic made it no longer a profitable business. Mm -hmm. It would be... Yeah. Able to come back, yeah, no problem. You can't have once, guests. You can't support once the, yourself. Once the restrictions were lifted, it was going to go back to being a profitable business. Right. You so, know, it. granted, <clears throat> there was going to be a struggle time, and they did have to lay off a bunch of employees. Leanne was working there by herself. Uh, she was living there since last November, being the only person until they could start having tours again. Uh, but there were, there were certainly, <clears throat> you know, some struggles in the last year, but every business went through that. Before all that happened, it was a very viable business. It was booked years in advance. Mm. So all of this disparaging of you had to come in here and save this place <clears throat> is total garbage. And stop saying it because every time you say it, I'm going to call you out for it. You didn't have to save anything. You can say that you could take it in a different direction, but stop putting down what those people did at that business <clears throat> because they took what was Martha McGinn and her partner's you know, okay bed and breakfast business and they turned it into a phenomenon. Right. They're the ones that got it on all the TV shows and you're the one that's reaping all the benefit of the work that they put into it. So stop putting them down. Like I said, Leanne was boots on the ground. She was in the trenches with everybody building yep. this business from the ground up. She had a passion for what she did. And, <laughs> and, and let me clarify that. They never ever reached out to any TV show to be on. They didn't. True. It was always we, the people that were working on the shows, <laughs> reached out to them and said, hey, we would like to have you on. Sometimes like you know, you were the liaison for some of these shows, you know, because Leanne was just like, hey, I don't know. How many times did Leanne pick up the phone and call either of us and say, do I trust these people? Do you know these people? You know, should they come in the house? Should they be able to film here? Because she didn't know. Like, she didn't care about paranormal TV. And... <clears throat> All right, I got that out of my system. Let's get I, it's into. It's still not out of my system. I could sit here and say plenty about it because I want to give somebody a chance. I want to be able to be like, hey, look, let's sit down and let's let's discuss your business model. Let's talk about things. But the more that he avoids this conversation, and the more that, you know, the stuff that I hear, it's making him look horrendous. <clears throat> On top of you know his U.S. Ghost Adventures business that I already have an issue with. I will. I will take. <clears throat> You know, uh, the criticism that people will say, well, of course, you're just defending your friends. And I will say to that, no, I'm speaking no. from somebody that has been seeing how that place operates for years and saying I was the one that was defending the two million dollar price tag. <laughs> when you have a house and a property that aren't worth nearly that much, I was the one that was saying, no, it's the business yeah. that makes that so valuable because you should theoretically make that back within five years, uh, you know, of profits. I'm talking not even just net. I'm talking profit. Um, but, you know, the problem is, is, you know, the, the, you, when you have an attitude of you're the only one that can do it, which I've never talked to the guy. I've never met the guy. I've seen him. But I have, you know, Weird. read articles about him and I have read things that he has said and I have checked out his websites going long before, you know, he, well, I shouldn't say long before, but when he first became interested in the house and I was tipped off to this who might be buying it and I started digging in and doing the research... All I've seen from this guy is a attitude of you, better than you. Yeah, I can do it better than the people that are already doing it. And I'm sorry, but Well, here's my question. The paranormal is a is a is a is a I'm not You go ahead. But the paranormal is very much a mom and pop business. 
The paranormal does not survive by somebody coming in and conglomerating it. And that's it what he's has. tried to do. That's what he's yeah. tried to do with his ghost tours. That's what he's trying to right. do with this. And I'm, I just don't have any respect for somebody that's doing that. We don't need a Walmart of the paranormal. You know, my, my main question to him is, if you don't care about any of this stuff, why do you own a ghost business? Why do you own a ghost tour business? Why do you own, you know, why did you purchase Lizzie Borden's? If you think that it's a moneymaker, you're out of your mind because nobody is rich because of the paranormal. I don't care who you are. Zach Bagans might be, but it's because he acted his way there. He was, I will forever say that well, he's no. a smart Didn't business Didn't he also man. have money to start with? No. No. He's, he's, but, he has the money that he has now because he's the executive producer of that show. Correct. Like, and like he opened his museum because he became famous off of the Travel Channel. And you know what? He made smart business moves along the way. Good for him. I'm not going to bash him for that. People don't like him, but he's a good businessman. He, you might not be your favorite paranormal investigator, but that's a whole other story. But for somebody that doesn't care about anything to do with this, why did you open a ghost tour business? And why did you purchase the Lizzie Borden house? And if you're looking to make a circus out of all of it by stepping on other people or bashing other people or hurting other people's businesses, I don't understand that. But I just don't get that business model. I don't understand it. And I will call you out all day long. Listen, because it, of it. it comes from that attitude of, <laughs> <laughs> well, none of this stuff is really real anyway, right? But that's what I'm saying is like, if that's what it is, go go somewhere else and invest your money somewhere else. I will never sit here and bash a Marine Corps combat veteran. 100% will not do that. But now it's making me go, hmm, I'd love to see his his record mm -hmm. because I don't even know if I believe half that stuff. Because no Marine Corps combat veteran that I know would act the way that he is. Well, also, I mean... You can't, you can't generalize for everybody. I mean, there's always, there's always the, the honorably discharged and a good person. Yes, I can. There's always, <laughs> no, there's always an odd duck. And I don't mean that as if saying, I'm not calling him an odd duck, but there's always somebody that's an outlier to everything. Yeah. So the desk duty, you, 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 you can jerks. I'll put it that way. And, and that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm trying, like, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, are. I know some people who are combat vets who are a-holes. So yeah, but you don't live that lifestyle, so it can be, it can mm -hmm. happen. Um, but also, I'm not, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not going to paint him as. I'm just, I'm just trying to say what I have gathered from the way that it's been presented. I will allow for the possibility <laughs> that this could just be, you know, I was misquoted or I was, you know, uh, that's just the way that I'm being portrayed in the stories. Uh, you lost me when you were suing the governor over your tour guests having to wear masks at the beginning of the pandemic when every other business was requiring masks and just trying to stay in business. And you personally sued the governor of Massachusetts because your opportunity because your business was affected. No, it, it wasn't that it wasn't even that it was. Let me just get some publicity for myself on the backs of this. And I'm sure he doesn't even believe that it's real. But anyway, money making I don't, opportunity. I don't want to get into personal attacks because, because that's how we get in trouble. Um, let me get into some of these reviews, though, because these are written by people that have, again, I'm going to qualify this and say uh, a couple of things. One, these are reviews that are publicly posted so anybody else can read them. Two, we don't know that these people legitimately did stay there. These are just reviews people have posted. Anybody can post a review, right? You can go and post a review on yeah. Google or Facebook, right? Yep. Uh, or... And also, I should say, too, the reviews, I'm being fair, are overwhelmingly positive, but there are a few that are concerning.
So I just want to point that out. Now, most of these reviews that I have seen, and especially the ones that are overwhelmingly positive, are just people who have taken tours. So it's not people that have stayed overnight. Um, I'll get into this in one second. Let's take this call. Hello, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello, you're on the air. Or not. Okay, well. Just kidding. Uh, might have not realized it was going to be on the air. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was calling for a pizza. Got the wrong number. Maybe. I don't have pizza. I got tacos. But now you have to call back and tell us what kind of pizza you're ordering because I'm hungry. South Shore Bar <laughs> Pizza. That's a, that's a whole other thing that I'll tell you about later. Um, right, read these <clears> reviews <throat> before we keep saying we're going to read them. I know. I'm going to go later if I have to for these. That's oh, how good I have to are. get to bed at some point. So so I, I'm going to just take out some bits and pieces. So some of this might be a little bit out of context. But this came. this was posted June 20th. Uh, from uh, Sarah, who said she doesn't recommend the Lizzie Borden house. Uh, they had booked this as a Christmas present last year. They had been waiting to visit for a while now. They were super excited, but now wish they had continued their Salem stay instead. We didn't get an email on check-in time, only checkout, so we got there around 3 p.m. with the code they had emailed us. When we got in and began checking out our room, we were going back downstairs, and a guy who worked there greeted us with, how did you get in here? We told him, he said, well, you weren't supposed to be able to get in here. We have a tour coming in. Okay, no big deal. We asked for a recommendation to go grab a drink somewhere while we waited for a check-in. And he said, quote, it doesn't really matter. I don't have any recommendations. Uh, okay. While we were there, we asked about our tour since it is supposed to be included with our stay due to booking prior to the new owners taking over. We chose to do the ghost hunt tour and had to pay an additional $15 each, even though the price difference on the website is $10. He was not very friendly through the entire interaction. Uh, we stayed in the Lizzie and Emma suite. We quickly realized we didn't have a lock on our side of the door. That's a, it's always been the case there. Not going to beat them up on that. Um, so this ghost hunt was literally a huge waste of time and money. The tour guide was nice, but didn't seem to know how to work any of the equipment given to us. He also basically just said, quote, here's your stuff and told us to go explore. We got no history of the house or what actually happened or even stories about things that people have experienced in the house. Also, we were supposed to have access to the basement only because we paid for the tour, but they allowed all the guests staying in the house to go down. So we basically just paid $30 to get equipment that half worked. Hold on. This call is coming in again. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. 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 Do you have a question? Well, I was going to call oh. in to comment. Hey, Ross. How are you? What's going on? Uh, not so much. Well, how come when you called before, you didn't tell us what kind of pizza you wanted? Well, you know what's funny? I was going to say South Shore Bar Pizza, and then you said it. <laughs> Don't there just please him. No, tell he knows truth. what's up. He knows what's up. All right, so what, what's course, on your mind? This, this, just, this whole situation just infuriates me because it's like, all right, we, we all have like a local paranormal community here, whether we all see each other regularly or not. And it just, I think it just takes the local aspect of everything and it just cheapens it, you know? And we've seen in the last maybe four or five years, we've had a few mansions in the area that have been cheapened by the flare of, of somebody coming in and think they can make a quick buck off of it. And, you know, I, I think this just is no different than anything that has happened recently. And, um, you know, just the, the fact that somebody put that the house was in disrepair and that it was not functional for tours just infuriates me even more. I mean, let's be honest. That house is probably one of the nicest houses in Fall River. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. 
you know, and 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 I just think that it's it's just it's it's crazy. You know, it's to me it just seems like somebody's trying to make a quick buck, and that's just my opinion. I don't know if any of you guys feel like you reflect that, but I kind of hope that um, in the long run we all come together and just try to support maybe something a little bit more local, like the Oliver House, and try to boost that up and history and the good things that are going on there. And not to try to plug anything that's going on there, but. You know, that's just how I feel. Yeah, so. well, they're, they're not about to have a, you know, pin the tail on Ben Franklin game in the parking lot, so. Exactly, because he'll probably pin the tail on you when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for checking in and sharing, and uh, and we wholeheartedly agree, not only on your opinions about that, but also on pizza choice, too. Oh, yeah, you know, you got to go with uh, Town Spa, so that's all. All right, well, now we're going to have to say goodnight because uh, I'm a Linwood guy. Oh, so, geez, see you later. Well. Well, the best was Crossroads, but that closed for many years. Okay, fair enough. Have a good night. All right, bye. Yeah, everybody knows the right answer is the bean special from Linwood. Um, I watched you eat that. You'll probably watch me eat one again. I couldn't do it. Uh, But that's that's a whole different show. We should really really, um, get some of that bar pizza in here some night for Saturday night show. I was going to say, don't talk about it unless you're feeding me. So here's another review. Uh, my husband and I, this is from June 19th. My husband and I stayed the night at the house on Wednesday, June 8th. We slept in the attic, the children's room. We were told that when we woke up in the morning, toys would be everywhere on the floor. All caps, nothing happened. My husband was very disappointed because he came here for the paranormal activity. I came for the historical part. Okay, well, can't beat them up for that. It can't right. guarantee something paranormal is going to happen. However, during our tour, two guides were out due to personal family emergencies, so the guy who owns the house had to give us the tour. While he does seem to know the history of the house, he spent 90% of the tour talking about how he's going to modernize the house by implementing more technology. If you're going to be adding locks, adding movies to rooms, etc., you're going to end up tearing down the house. You don't even have enough room to add axe throwing in the back parking lot. And what is with all the colored lights? Did not give us creepy vibes at all. It just looks really stupid. I would be. It would be better if dim lights were used to get the creepy vibe. I can't even imagine that the ghosts, if they even exist, are too happy about the changes being made. So, uh, also, be warned, when you pay for a room, you also have to pay for breakfast, which costs $40. It's a bed and breakfast, for crying out loud. Breakfast should be included in the total cost. Uh, no, the, the title was dropped of bed and breakfast because the breakfast is no longer included. Um, this is the same caller trying to call in again. Uh, we have a different call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, it's John New Bedford. How are you guys doing? Hey, John. How's it going? I'm walking away from the radio. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm originally from Florida. I'm in New Bedford, but uh, I'm originally from Florida. I actually never stayed at the Lizzie Borden house or, or took a tour. Um, when they put the new, uh, the new courthouse up, I did have jury duty there. And when you walk from the jury room to, mm-hmm. the court, to one of the courtrooms... You walk through a hallway and you can see the house from the windows and like a chill went down my spine as soon as I realized what it was. But um, where is I going with this? Oh, um, yeah, so I don't have any history with the house itself. And um, although my ex, uh, I, I did want to stay there and she was not into it at all. But um, I don't think, uh, I don't know, from what I'm hearing, maybe I, I don't want to follow through with those plans either. Well, but, um, as I said, there's plenty of positive reviews online too. So, yeah. Well, and 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 um, I don't know if it was Steph or you. So I think it might have been Steph. You know, we don't need a Walmart with a paranormal. And I think that is exactly where he's going with this. Look how successful Walmart is. 
Um, you don't have to believe in something. I mean, it's, it's nice to believe in something and, and get behind it, but he doesn't have to believe in it to, to profit off it. And, you know, good or bad, that's, I mean... But, but, it, I, it, it, but do you, do you have to believe in it? Well. Do, do you have to believe in it to do it right, though? Right, right. Well, to, to, to do it right from, let's say, our perspective, people who are interested in, in you know, the actual, you know, phenomenon and what's going on, but to just profit off it and and milk it, yeah, I, I maybe I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, but I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I Walmart was exactly the right thing to say because look what Walmart did to all the small, you know, mom and pop businesses and paranormal is a mom and pop business. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, for checking in. Yep. Right. Have a good night. You too. Take care. And uh, we will take your calls, 508-996-0500, related to this topic. Um, just a couple more quick reviews. Uh, now I'm going to switch over to Google reviews. Uh, this this was from an hour ago. Uh, it was okay. Serious need to fix the gas smell in the house. That's not normal at all. If you smell that in your own homes, I'm sure it would be bothersome. So I don't think that that's from the stove. Um uh, that's weird. Uh, I hope that it's not a similar situation to what we have when we come here every Saturday night. We can smell the 99. Oh, um, but uh, I don't think it's them. I think it's the the overall area. But uh, let's see here. There's a couple more um, a couple more reviews here. Let me just. Uh... So, again, as I said, the reviews are overwhelmingly positive, but there are a few that are concerning. So this one was from three days ago by Adam W., the ownership cares nothing for the guests, house, and history of the Bordens. <laughs> he cares only for money and money alone. The true quality Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast experience left with the former owner of the house. Now all that is left is a money-grubbing owner who will do anything to pinch money out of you. I don't recommend anyone going there under this new ownership. I'm um, going to keep reading uh, through some other ones here. Uh, apparently, Jack is quite the handsome tour guide. Uh, there's a lot of comments about how what a good-looking guy Jack is. Um so good for you, Jack. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Jack might be the only thing good about this house. Not worth it. Overpriced. $20 for breakfast. Dirty bathrooms. Ew. Andrew Borden would definitely be shaking his head at the current status of Fall River. Um, okay. Here's another one from Kelly posted a week ago. Although the experience of being in such an infamous house was awesome, the evening ghost tour was a total letdown, customer service-wise. My friend and I arrived here for the 10 p.m. ghost hunting experience around 9.55 to find a house packed with people, a loud and sort of obnoxious man who seemed like he might be in charge, and everyone sort of just wandering. This experience was advertised as a much smaller-scale experience and came off like it would be more intimate. Thankfully, my friend had some of her own equipment, as did a few other people, so we created a little group of our own. There was full and unsupervised access to the entire main level and basement. Again, the main level and basement. Yep. Um, people, they're just talking about how they were uh, investigating. Uh, after about 40 minutes, a large majority of the people left because they were bored or let down. So we were able to have some time for our group to go around by themselves. Uh, a bit of uneasiness when I say nothing was off limits, although everyone seemed to be behaving. It would be very easy to mess with appliances and stocked goods for the bed and breakfast while in the basement. Well, don't do that. The guide admitted to not being a paranormal investigator and experiencing no paranormal activity there in his 11 years giving tours, but also that ghost hunting was a newly added option. <clears throat> As stated earlier, we met a few awesome people and made our own experience 
experience great, but it was uncomfortable, shoulder to shoulder, packed at one point, loud, unorganized. Nobody checked our tickets for the ghost hunt, and even guests said that everything was disorganized and nobody was there to check them in or out. Um, let's see. So they're running it basically like Airbnb style. Um, you just let yourself in and let yourself out. No, no, not necessarily, because these tours do have one of their people there. <laughs> no, I'm um, talking about like the guests. They just said that nobody checks them in or out. Are they meant for the ghost hunt? Um, I'm still wondering who the guide is that's been there for 11 years. I think years. I know. No, I know who it is. Yeah. No, it's it, that's fair. Um, not a person that we've ever really worked with because yeah. not, not into the paranormal. Oh. Uh, so my wife and I stayed, this is from two weeks ago by David Cunningham. So my wife and I stayed on the 18th of June. We booked with the old owners, which included a house tour at night and breakfast the next morning. Apparently these are now not included and would require an additional payment. Do not pay for these extras. I admit staying in the house where the murders took place was really cool. What added to the experience was our housemates who were really into the experience and we all enjoyed each other's company. But beyond that, there were many issues. First, we had the main bedroom with our own shower, which looked like it had never been cleaned. There were used soaps and shampoos stacked in the shower. We had a connected room that did not have a lock on there. And yeah, those happen all the time. We know that. Um, not very secure at all. We participated in the town tour. This was something that they had created. Uh, it really was boring. Beyond the killings, nothing of interest happened in the town. The tour guide simply read from a script and didn't seem to know anything about the town. I really felt bad for people who paid. Half our tour left because it was boring. The next day, breakfast was supposed to start at 8.30, but no one showed up until 8.45 and then tried to convince us it was supposed to be at 9 o'clock. No, definitely not. We had to make coffee for everyone. The breakfast was not very good, especially at an additional cost. Uh, now, I will say that there are multiple reviews that say that. There are multiple reviews that talk about how breakfast was supposed to be at 8.30 and that it didn't happen until 9 and that they tried to say that that was supposed to be the breakfast time. Um, so there's uh, there's still some more of these. There's one that really, really gets in depth. Um, this is the same person that I read from the Facebook one. Uh, there was a, there's a, a group of people that all kind of were there on the same night. Mm -hmm. And some of them were part of the same group and some of them were part of another group. But basically what happened was, is during the course that they... they so let me just give you a little bit of the information that they post. This comes from Monica three weeks ago on Google. Um, and when they checked in, she brought us to the third floor saying we'd be getting two cots or they're getting into the, they, they didn't get the amount of cots they were supposed to get for, for three people staying in the room. Um, so some people stayed in the bed, some people slept on the floor. Uh, but at about an hour of us being in the house, the tour guide had talked us into opening up the third floor as well as the guests on the second floor opening up the floor to the ghost hunt. Uh, also saying we'd be granted basement access if we did that. The basement is one of the main reasons our group had said yes. So basically, you know, we were talking about how that ghost tour only happens on the first floor in the basement. Mm -hmm. And so what they were saying to these people that were booked into rooms on the second and third floors is, hey, if you let us use these on the ghost tour, we'll let you take part in it. Mm -hmm. And so that's... To me is, that's a little shady. Yeah. Because you rented the room thinking you had it to yourself and now they're like, hey, can we bring the ghost tour through your room that you already rented for, that you already mm -hmm. rented? So you're paying the same amount of money for the room, but you're giving up some of your privacy. But you get to take part in the tour so I can see why they agreed to do it. Um, these people actually get into it uh, and they claim to have a recording of everything that went on. But apparently the boyfriend is connected to the, Bowen family across the street and brought up something historical that the tour guide didn't mention. Mm -hmm. The tour guide took offense 
and no. not only called him out for it, but made a big deal about it with the girlfriend and then continued to keep making a big deal about it throughout the course of the night uh, to the point where they finally had to bring it to Lance's attention. And so Lance was going over it with these people, trying to make it right, it seems. And then the tour guide went back in and was telling everybody how these people got her in trouble with the boss. So, you know, when we're talking about professionalism, that certainly sounds like, and customer service, uh, that certainly sounds like an issue. I mean, if somebody knows something that you don't know, what's the big deal? Know what you're talking about and there won't be any issues. Or just say... Or thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. And then just that's move really on. That's really cool. I don't know how accurate it is because I've never heard of it. Like, whatever. That's something I can look into. Yeah. Now, I will say, like, uh, about a month ago, people who were posting even negative reviews, they did get a response from yeah. the owner, but they seem to have stopped responding. Uh, there were a couple of reviews here, and I don't want to have to paraphrase them but they were talking about how they were staying in the second floor and they were on the first floor during the investigation and there was no air conditioning and they couldn't understand why and then when they went up to the third floor they're like oh well the air conditioning's on up here yeah so you're not turning on the air conditioning for the guests and for the tours like the whole house is air conditioned we've been there it's yeah. probably to end it faster and like what what's that all about? It costs money. <laughs> or or you don't want the tour to last that long. That's well, true. they've they've already cut down the tours, so you don't get Correct. the two two and a half hour tours that they used to be. Um, <laughs> and now you know because they have the and then some of these reviews complain about that about you know we were supposed to get the tour included, but because we weren't there to take the you know three p.m. tour, they said the next tour wasn't until ten thirty the next morning, and people are talking about getting woken up. And moved out of their rooms at 10 a.m. because they got a tour coming through at 10:30, and all this kind of stuff. So it just it listen, it read the reviews before you go and make up your mind for yourself. Not trying to discourage anybody from going, but um, but if you want to sleep late, it's not the place to sleep in. Yeah, definitely wouldn't. <laughs> not if there's a 10:30 tour. You would never. No. You would never be able no. to stay there. Like if like, we if we told Stephanie there was a 1 p.m. tour, she'd be like, "What? I got to get out of here by noon." I mean, I just, I like to relax. I like so, to do my well, own thing, take my own you, time. What are you staying in a place for, if not for right. that, you know? Uh, but anyway, uh, so that's just some of that. Again, you know, not trying to discourage anybody from going if you want to go. Uh, and as I said, most of the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Uh, still a lot of questions that popped up. Hopefully at some point Lance will come on to the program and will address those issues with us Um or, you know, we can we can go over there and talk, too, whatever you want to do. Yep. Um, not going to go pay and take the tour, though. I've uh, <laughs> been there plenty of times. I could give uh, the tour. <laughs> yeah, right. Have given the tour. <clears throat> uh, but uh, anyway, that'll do it for tonight's show. We'll be back next week with a brand new edition. If you want to find more episodes of the show, just go check us out anywhere you get your podcast from. By the way, we have now uh, worked it out so that every episode is now available through Spotify. So you can get, this is episode 631. So you should be able to get all 631 episodes from Spotify. Well, I got to upload this one still, but uh, I know a lot of you like to listen to things that way so you can get them there or wherever else you get your podcast. 
podcasts. During the week, if you want to reach out to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at SpookySC. If you want to like us on Facebook, you'll find Spooky South Coast <laughs> there as well. So thank you all for joining in and taking part in the discussion tonight. If you have stayed at the Lizzie Borden House since the new ownership take, took over or taken a tour, let us know what you think. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Good or bad. Maybe we're being a little bit harsh, but uh, you know, you can tell us what your experience was. We want to hear about it. That'll do it for tonight. Until next week, for Matt for Matt for Stephanie, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.